Hi everyone and welcome to episode 9 of an Inside View podcast with On The Ball Team Building. Again this week we're recording from our base here on the Dinga Peninsula in the beautiful county of Kerry. I hope you all had a fun and enjoyable week since our last podcast. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, please do go back to episode 1 and have a listen. We'd really, really appreciate it. Also, please do rate, review and tell your friends about the podcast. Again, this would mean a huge amount to us. Any interaction that you might have with the podcast on social media, be sure to tag the guests in it too. I would really, really like to take this opportunity to thank everyone who has provided us with feedback over the last couple of weeks on the podcast. Um, look, we're still learning and hopefully we're going the right direction. In case you did miss last week's podcast, we have teamed up with GRG Sports. They have come on as sponsors of the podcast. Um, they're a sports team. We're a supplier to GA clubs, soccer clubs, and all team sports in Ireland. Be sure to check them out, and look, they'll be tagged on our post too. It's now time to bring on this week's guest, and we're delighted and excited to be joined by US Rugby International and former prodigy of Blackrock College in Dublin, Dylan Fawcett. Dylan plays with the New York franchise side Rugby United New York, otherwise known as Rooney. He hails from Wexford and is forging a remarkable professional career in the US. He was appointed captain of Rooney for the 2020 campaign and having recently agreed to extend his stay in the Big Apple for two more years, his career is going from strength to strength. Dylan made his international debut for the US national side, also known as the Eagles, against Chile in 2018. He has since went on to collect 15 caps and went on to appear at the Rugby World Cup for the Eagles in 2019. Hi Dylan, welcome to an interview podcast. How are you, Keithan? Grand, Jamie. Thanks for having me on, man. Um, how's the how are you how are you keeping active during the pandemic over in in the, in the states? Um, especially during lockdown. I I know you had to quarantine for two weeks yourself at the time. Yeah, sure. Listen, I mean, sure, it's mad. You know, the whole thing is just you know it's hard to get the head around it. We're kind of coming. At, well, please God, we're coming out of it now, but. Uh, it's a little bit different over here. I think Ireland went about it the right way, you know, the whole, you know, total lockdown. And uh, the Irish people really, like, you know, banded together and got it done, you know, whereas uh, it's a little bit different here. It's a lot harder to police, you know, it's <laughs> place is massive, you know. So, uh, you know, I, I, you know, it would never be the lads out there trying to police it all. So, uh, for sure, you know, I, I mean, I don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate. I had the, my, you know, myself and my wife, Alyssa, we had the, the COVID, you know, at the start of it all. So we, you know, we, you know, didn't go to the hospital, didn't do any of that stuff. Just got, just kept uh, head head down, st- stayed in quarantine, and uh, you know, we beat it. Uh, thank God. And uh, you know, then a few weeks later, you know, we got the antibody test and then tested positive for that. So, but I don't really know how accurate all that stuff is. But you know, it isn't. It was especially in the concrete jungle here. You've just got to, you got to lay low because you're on, on top of each other. Uh, but. Uh, Back to your question, uh, to stay active, I've been I've been so fortunate to have a, one of my best mates here, and he's the number seven on the team, James, uh, Jimmy Denise. He's got a an old warehouse, an old uh, supply warehouse, so like there's be the grout and, and uh, ceramics and everything around the place, you know. And just by the bench press, now it's a fantastic gym and facility, but this is just for him, you know. This is just his passion. Uh, now bench press and the squat rack there, you know. And the two of us have been, we meet up, we'll we'll run first, and then we'll get in the gym. And uh, we do it about four or five times a week, and it's just been it's been a lifesaver, lifesaver, man. You know, like just if anything for the head as well, just to be able to get. And I'm in a one bedroom apartment here, and so it gives the missus a bit of a break too. So it's it's grand. I've been very very fortunate, you know. So it's it's great. And are you are you inside in uh, New York City, or is it just the outskirts? Just to I'm kind of just on, I'm just I'm just on the outside. I'm on the Jersey side, so I'm in Hoboken, and uh, my missus is a, a Jersey girl, so. She likes to stay with her on her side of the river, as they say. So it's uh well it's grand, you know, it's great great spot here. Uh so it's no it's no good for an Irishman now that you know, it's the most pubs per square mile in America. So uh but they they certainly they certainly know how to have a good time here. So but that's great. Great that's old spot. Good. That's good, that's good. And is um like are things kind of improving over there some bit, you know, the perception the Irish media it's not, but been on the ground. Uh, yeah, 
you know, I mean, to be honest, I don't turn on the news. Try to stay away from it all. <laughs> it's, it's pretty bleak, you know, so <laughs> try to stay away from it all. But uh, it is definitely getting better. People are coming out. You know, it, was, it, was, it was definitely dark times uh, when, you know, at the start, especially when the weather wasn't as good. But the weather's good now and people are kind of getting out. But, like, you know, you, you don't go anywhere without the mask, you know, and you just, you know, you just do everything you can to make sure that you're not spreading this sort of thing. You know, I wouldn't be too worried about myself. Like I said, I've got the antibodies, so I'm not too worried from that point of view. It's just, you know, you're just conscious of everybody else. But it's definitely, you know, the, the good weather is making it a little bit easier, you know. And what stage um, are you at over there now in relation? Are you at pre-season stage? I've, I'm just lucky that I've had a, our strength and conditioning coach, actually Ian Jones, he's from Cork. Uh, great man. He's been, he's been uh, I've just been, I'm, I'm in week 15 now of a program where it's just basically progressive just getting stronger getting you know just doing whatever we can now to uh just use this time to get the body right you know i haven't had a, haven't had a break in a long time and it was uh it was great to get this and you know i feeling stronger than ever now you know so uh to be honest there's no real chat there's potentially a bit of rugby in the fall you know and uh and rarc so the the eagles the arc is basically our six nations uh, the America Six Nations got cancelled, unfortunately. So, I mean, I think South America, well, I know South America are getting a hard time at the moment. So, uh, it's just not worth it. And I don't, I don't know if other countries are too keen having Americans come in right now and stuff like that. So, it's so messy with the pandemic. So, uh, I think there's going to be a bit of club rugby, please God, in the fall and then, uh, or the autumn. And then we've, we've got the, uh, I, like I said, please God, the November internationals go ahead. You know, so got that to look forward to. And then as soon as that the November internationals are over, I'm straight into preseason then for uh for Rooney in the MLR. Oh, so the the MLR isn't going to be kicking off till after Christmas, is it? Yeah, the the, the dates are normally January to just the start of July there. That's where that's when the season goes on for here. Perfect. We'll 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 touch on that again soon. But I suppose we we'll uh we'll bring you back to the early days. You moved to Pierce Town then, but you remained playing with Greystones. Uh, that was a bit difficult, was it? That trek was for Triol's return. It was, it was, you know, but I mean, it was great. To, I had that, that time with, with my dad. My dad was, he worked his arse off, you know, he was, uh, we, we lived in uh, Pierce Town, yeah, but my, my old man had the business in Dungarvan and Waterford, so he, he drove from. I mean, he's always on the road. He'd be driving. They had the tiles and ceramics and wooden floors there and the PK tiles down in Dungarvan. He drove then, you know, there and back every day. And, you know, he, he was constantly on the road. So he, he loved hardship, my old man. But, but he, he put anything into something that he believed in, you know, and he believed in me. So he gave me the opportunity. I think it was just an, another opportunity for my old man to go back to his friends and see his family on a Sunday sort of thing and, and, and I had all my friends there in Greystones uh, just playing rugby sort of thing and the, you know the, the calibre there especially with the Dublin schools you, you know you were getting better and there, was, there were opportunities a lot more opportunities there at the time you know so uh, and then you'd see the, my grand and family and all you know on the Sunday as well so it was you know it seems like a bit of a trek and it probably was now without the new road but you know I mean I, the fruits of the labour they paid off in the end I suppose I you suppose it was, it was probably a lifestyle that you just got, you kind of got used to it and just just went with it then. Um, yeah. You, you went on to, did you always play rugby or did you play a bit of bit of guy and soccer too? I was rugby and soccer growing up, uh, yeah, especially in Greystones, you know, the, I probably would never have picked up a hurl or played a bit of guy if I had, if I had stayed there, you know, and then when I was brought down to, to Pearsonstown and uh, playing for, the, for St. Martin's, it was a phenomenal, you know, opportunity. Uh, I lived literally across the road. I mean, I, I, I'd walk across the road and I was at the pitch. So no excuse. I was over there. I mean, I spent all my time there. It was, it was great. I, I wasn't kicking balls over the bar, which I, which I didn't do too often. It was more of a goal scorer. But, uh, <laughs> or, I mean, I, I was a useless hurler, but I had, a, I had a great time at it. You know, and all my friends were fantastic hurlers and footballers. So, I mean, it was really a fantastic club to be a part of. So, uh, I mean, I, and like I said, I, I owe a lot to it. You know, like they gave me the skills there to to, to be where I am now. So, yeah, I mean, I, I was so lucky growing up having that at my doorstep, you know. You you crossed paths um, with uh, a well-known Wexford hurler at the time, uh, Dermot Gizzy Ling. He was a uh, St. Martin's man. 
yeah, was, sure. Listen, the man's a legend. You know, so uh, it was it was his, it was his dad that was my first coach down in uh, at St Martin's. You know, Mick, and uh, sure played I played hurling with his brother Mihal and just uh, hurling and football actually. And he was a another great hurler and footballer in fairness in his time, and uh, yeah, sure. I I mean the caliber, the list of of players that come out of that club, uh, and the, the list of great people is just phenomenal. You know, so uh, yeah, like I said, I was just very lucky to be a part of it all. And where, where about did you come across um, Podge, uh, Podrick Morris? You didn't, was he a St. Martin's man? Or? He was. He was, he was, he was a blow-in like, blow like myself. Uh, Porg, he's, we were in class together. He's like one of my best mates. You know, he'd been over at the wedding here in New York. And just, uh, one of, this, this, like, again, like, just one, one of the best. Uh, I know he played with you there. Scully Cunha there, you know. And, uh, you know, no, he's one, honestly one of the best in this. Like his, like I said, it's, you know, it was, Poring's old man was a massive part of uh, co coaching me, and and he, he's unlike Mickling, uh, uh, Poring's old man uh, Mick is just like he's he's helped raise that club to the to the heights it is at, it's at now. You know he's molded his chairman down there, and and uh, just from, like Poring come from great stock. Let's put it like that. I know Mick played for Dublin and Kilkenny as well, uh, hurling stuff. So uh, that was just phenomenal. He's a great man. And when did the the move to Black Rock come into play, and what was that commute like? Yeah, well, I didn't commute actually. I was a boarder. I went to boarding school there. Yeah, uh, uh, they came about. I I did my first year of secondary school in the brothers in CBS down in Wexford, and uh, you know, again that helped helped mould me. You know, it was a it was a great school, a great bunch of lads. Uh, you know, right in town there. My ma's a townie. You know, so that. Uh, and I just walk up, you know, after school, I'd walk up to my grand and granddad's just up in Bayview Drive there. And she'd pick me up from work, you know, so it was convenient. But then my old man went to Rock and uh, I was still commuting up and down to Greystones. And I was seeing all the lads getting better and getting the opportunity. They, they were playing rugby six days a week. Like, that's all I wanted to do, you know. So uh, I remember going up and having the meeting with uh, Father Kilbride at the time and, and uh, Alan McGinty, who, who again, I, I owe so much to, uh, they again they, they gave me the opportunity, you know, and my old man was we were fortunate to have the few bob to send me there, and sure, you know the rest is history, really. And you you were part of a very good uh, setup there. Um, you won Linster Schools, I think it was in two thousand nine, and th th there was a few guys there that went on to to play play with Ireland. Was Andrew Conway one of them? Jordy Murphy? Yeah, yeah, two lads. I mean. Um, I mean, we had a star-studded team, you know. Uh, it was very lucky. We won, we won a junior cup and senior cup, you know. And, uh, just, I mean, and even the guys from the second and third team were great players, you know. It, it really is just the, uh, I don't know, like what they call it, Mecca rugby, you know, like just a phenomenal school to be a part of, you know. Very proud to be a rock boy. But, um, yeah, and like my friends, like these guys are still such close friends of mine now, you know, like we, it's that brotherhood, you know. And uh, I mean, sure, when I got my cap, uh, when I played against Ireland in the Aviva, uh, Andrew and Jordy were both playing that day. So it you know, made it that little bit more special, you know. Brilliant. And were you always, um, were you always a hooker or had you, you had a different position, you know, up until your rock days? Uh, my, body, my body type changed, you know, as I, as I grew up. You know, I, I was probably I was a bit chunkier as a kid and then I... I was in the front row and then I moved to the back row then when I got into my teens and then uh you know number seven number eight sort of job and then uh you know I had been into the the Leinster 20s set up and you know just missed out uh you know in the final hurdle and uh you know that was you know it was a crushing blow but like the the, the thing was to go was they were giving me the the advice was to go back into and see how you go with hooker you know we look at you we look at you again and you know, I took it very literally, and I've been, you know, I've been given the advice um, before to to go there. You know, like to, there's, you know, the way I'd put it would be, uh, there, there's so many unbelievable back rows out there. You know, and uh, you know, he said I could have been, a, you know, you know, in my eyes, I would have pushed it to be one of the best back rows. But sure, why not be a world class hooker sort of thing? You know, in my eyes, and and that, that was the way I put it. So, uh, and that, and I never looked back. Love the position. You know, I love it, and I just love being on the on the pitch. Let's put it, let's put it like that. And 
you were saying there that crush and blow about not making the uh, you were in with the Linster under twenties at the time. At least you got some feedback. Um, what advice would you give to people in similar positions? You know, I suppose the easy thing is just to to pack it in. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. I suppose you know. Uh, if you, re- I think it's more. I really wanted it. You know, I, I. You know, it was really it was everything to me. So I would take the advice literally, you know, and I, and I always point myself in being, the, you know, uh, coachable. You know, that was one of the big, the big things for me. You know, the coach told me about to tell me to do this, I'd do it. You know, it, it was one of the things I'd say that, I, you know, uh, the best things about me. So I took that literally and I really, and I took it with both hands and I never looked back. But for for anybody, I, there's always other ways, as many ways to skin a cat, I suppose, you know, and. If you really want it bad enough, you will get there. You just might have to find, you know, a few different, few different alleys to go down that road. You know, but uh, yeah. And when did there was a few a few uh, one or two years there? Then you you went to the Tad IT and you studied sports science um, after finishing Black Rock. You you made the move from Greystones to, to St Mary's. Was that just to kind of push you more on the shop window? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, Greystones is my home club, you know, and and I wanted, always wanted to go back and play there, you know, like because family and friends, everybody there, and you know, to uh, growing up and you want to see, you always watching the first. I wanted to do that. Now, an opportunity, obviously, I you know coming from coming from Rock and getting the opportunity to go down and play first straight out of the school was massive. You know, I wanted to pit myself against the men. I wanted to see how I go and. Uh, to be honest, it was definitely the right move for me. You know, where all my friends went to Blackrock Club, you know, and that was tough. Uh, but like, I, I felt like I needed to put myself out there to really to push on, especially when I didn't make it with the with the twenties, you know. So I needed to set myself apart and try and make it make it through that. So I got the experience, and it was it was a phenomenal few years of Graysons. I made the greatest mates and I had the greatest times. But um, unfortunately, we just missed out on promotion one year, and. and and we got up. We gone up the year before, and we were pushing again to get into the second division, you know, or one B. And we just missed out the last day of the season. And I just I couldn't stay any longer because I, you know, you really weren't in the shop window, you know, as you said, as you put it. So I got the opportunity through Peter Smith, who was my forwards coach back in the senior cup days, you know, and another legend of the game. And he's now, uh, I could be getting this wrong, but I know he's the high performance coach there at the academy in Leicester now, and. You know, he's done so well. Uh, he gave me the opportunity to get to Mary's, and uh, again, another phenomenal club. Like I mean, I had great, great people, and to be able to play at Division One and perform at the top level in the country, within in the in the provinces, was where I needed to be to to really see where I could go. You know. And how long do you spend with um with St Mary's when the opportunity or when the avenue of moving to the US? Kind yeah, so I did. Two, I did two years at Mary's, um, and that that second year was when I was, you know, to be honest, I was approached by. It's working in the boarding school at the time in Blackrock College, and I was, uh, and Alan McGinty's son, Alan Junior, who's now, you know, one of my best mates, you know, and we, you know, I was in when I was in school with him in Rock. He was the year ahead of me, but we played our rugby together all the way up, and. Uh, Alan came to me and said, listen, there's an opportunity here for you. You should give it a go. See how it goes. So I was approached around the October time and, you know, you had to get all your transcripts transcripts in, all this sort of stuff. And now I did everything I needed to do, but I felt like I was going to give it that one last year in Mary's to to really give it a go. Uh, and to be honest, I had one of my best years, you know, and I, and I was lucky. You know, like, you know, I got the player of the year sort of thing. So, I mean, you know, the accolades we're for not we're, we're great we had a great year unfortunately it wasn't like we weren't winning the AIL sort of sort of thing so you know and if I wasn't getting it then I felt like I was never going to get it so um and the fallback was to get my masters now you know I think you never looked a gift horse in the mouth I had to be real here you know I was I was I was 23 at the time and I I, I really didn't know if I you know I wasn't going to get it wasn't it wasn't going to happen for me in Ireland so 
I gave I took that massive step leap to leave my friends and family behind and go to the states to better myself to give me a, a, a career after rugby to get the masters and see where it would take me. But when I made that decision to go, you know, it was never looking back. And was that opportunity to get the masters? Was that planned to be a stepping stone to hopefully make yeah. a career over there? Yeah, that was. Yeah. Absolutely. So the, what what they would do, I was very lucky. Uh, they would give you, yeah, obviously, to get you into college is the best way to get your visa to keep you in the States. So what they do is they put, they uh, listen, if you're a good enough player, that was grand, but it was more to help the development of, of young Americans and through coaching and through experience, you know, and then we'll give you your master's at the same time. So I was able to get to Life University and I just had a phenomenal, you know, 18 months there getting the Masters and, and coaching and, and doing whatever I could to, to survive and, and put myself out there, put myself on the map, you know. And I was in, I was in a star-studded team. We were, we were the best team in the country at the time. And, uh, you know, I was in, as, in the, as you said, like, in, I was in the shop window. And then, uh, yeah, so that was the way to get you into the country, to give you the opportunity to coach and bring on that experience and then uh, if you're good enough then sure listen that was only a bonus and what did you what did you do your masters in in um in in life university yeah kinesiology and exercise science so you know it was uh, I probably wouldn't have been the greatest student you know <laughs> growing up but uh, that's something I loved you know was just to try and better myself you know to be the best that I could possibly be and if I was going to learn if I was going to do anything it was going to be that and uh to be honest, the way we did it, you know, I managed my time and, you know, it was more that I was at an age where I, you know, I wasn't going over there to party, you know, I mean, I listen, I had some, we lived for our Saturday nights, but like when, you know, from Monday to Saturday, with a sort of thing, like you'd be just beyond the grind and then you'd, you'd have that one night blowout and then be back again, you know, and I mean, the first of the labor then showed, I got the mask in the back pocket and sure, I had that fault to fall back on. Uh, if anything were to happen, or please God, you know. And do you want to give us an overview exactly what is, um, what was your your masters like? It was you said it was kinesiology. What like what is that? The study of of body movements. But you want to give exactly, us yeah, exactly. But then again, you're it's 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 uh, it's brought through in, in all the key sciences, you know. So if I wanted to go back and be a teacher now, or I was working in the lab, I've got all the basic sciences behind me. And then, you know, you're going through, like, strength conditioning. You're also going through, like, uh, uh, you know, the physics side of things to see how you, you better the body, uh, how, how does it move, you know, through, you know, through a certain plane. Uh, just and making sure, like, then injury prevention also, you know. So, basically, it was, it was, it was very broad. But, again, I could move on then and, you know, if I, and then, you know, probably like either teach or, like I say, go into a lab and then, and listen, I went sales then either as well, sort of thing, and just have that science background to be able to understand it all. And to be honest, I loved every minute of it, you know, and especially when I was able to spread it out. I mean, it wasn't like I was lucky, I was only doing two classes every 12 weeks, sort of thing. So I was able to give my, my all to that. And then, sure, like you'd be disappointed, you know, I, I'd aim for top marks each time, you know, because there was no excuse really. You know, I had every, I mean, we worked hard now down in Atlanta, I was coaching you know, load hours during the week, obviously training as well, and then the college on top of it. But, you know, I relished it all and I loved every moment of it. And, you, you know, you like uh, something I came across when I, when I was looking into it was that, look, you you obviously, the scholarship was, was separate, but you had no money in your pocket. So you, on top of the scholarship, you, you did a lot of coaching um, and you did anything just to make a bit of money. How did you... Of course. Balance your time. Yeah, well, I suppose I just had to do it. You just had to get it done, you know. I mean, again, it was networking as well. You know, you were putting yourself out there. You were showing what you were made of sort of thing. Like, you know, and I suppose that, that sounds to me and everything is, you know, I, I firmly believe this country is is, is is where I need to be to succeed. You know, it, it, it truly does reward hard work, you know, and, uh, you know, you just, you put yourself out there and you will be rewarded, you know? So, I mean, I, through all that sort of stuff, yeah, there was hardships with washing cars and walking dogs and, and all that sort of stuff. But again, I made, made great connections, showed my worth and uh, 
and now I'm really seeing the fruits of the labour, right? You know, now. And when did the the move to New York come? Uh, I know you you joined Old Blue first, who are based in in New York. Yeah, I, so when I finished my masters, the first pro league was was happening. Uh, professional league in America was was happening. So the inaugural league, and uh, I was I. I was phoned up, said, was it, was it interested? And I said, absolutely. You know, I said, listen, this is, this, this is what I wanted my whole life was to be playing pro ball, you know. And uh, I was lucky I was able to speed up my Masters to get out and be a part of it. Now, I missed the first two games of the season, just finishing my exams. But I uh, got out there then and, uh, yeah, and I got to Ohio and just, it was just one, yeah, just three or four. It was about five months there now in Ohio and I just had the greatest time. You know, and it was great to be able to put yourself in, again, like you said, the shop window and to get to see America, you know, get into San Diego, Sacramento, Denver and uh, San Francisco, you know, and you're getting to see all these places like, you know, I only, only saw in the movie sort of thing, you know, so at the time and uh, just it was just a phenomenal experience and that put me in the shop window and then the season was over and there was, a, so the biggest time of rugby in really in America is, is the autumn, you know, the fall and at the time, obviously, people didn't really know what was going on with this pro league. Yeah, it happened, but like the club team was like Division One ARP was the bait, was the way to go. And I had been playing for life, obviously, and who were part of the ARP uh, when I was in college. But then I was recruited then by Marty Veal, who's now my forwards coach at Rooney. Uh, he recruited me to come and play for New York Old Blue, so that was my opportunity. And obviously, my my wife was living up there, so it was a no-brainer. I, I, had, I had to get up to my missus. <laughs> and, uh, and, it was, and it was great to get that opportunity. Now, to be recruited and put yourself in there, and then hopefully put me up my first eight months there, I didn't have to, you know, especially in New York City, where it's, it's not cheap here, uh, to give me that eight months, you know, where to get on my feet, uh, it was just phenomenal. And it's just a fantastic club to be a part of. And so Old Blue were playing in... They were a professional side, was it? Well, no, not professional. No, it says at the club side. So it would have been like uh, Division 1 AIL sort of thing. Oh, yeah. The ARP is the top division on the east coast of America. And when did so the, the, the move to, to Rooney come? Yeah, so so I did my did my two years there with, with, with New York, uh, with Old Blue. And then there were uh, it started in 2018 was the, the MLR kicked off. Now, Rooney weren't in the the first year, so they did an exhibition year, and I was a part of that. Uh, and they were getting themselves geared up for the for the following year. So uh, they always wanted to be a part of it, and I I built my brand now. And being a part of New York, and my family are here, the New York New Jersey uh, connection because it's you know they're so close. New York City's right on the border there in New Jersey, so my family just in road and. To be able to play in front of them if I wasn't playing in front of my family every day, you know, is is special, you know. So it's where I, it's where I want to be, and I'm, you know, I've just signed my contract now for another two years, uh, which is, which I'm, my wife and I are extremely happy about, and looking forward to kicking on now with Rooney for the upcoming year. And you know, when, congratulations on on that as well. Actually, I I, I meant to say it to you off air. Um, before we say that move to, to Rooney when you got the phone call was you know they had this um, business that they were going to set up this club there was so much uncertainty did you want to be part of that that new project did you relish that that opportunity to to join them well, absolutely you know uh, listen like they sing songs and they they countless movies this is the one the, you're reading books New York City you know what I mean I mean, I, there's nowhere else I'd rather be, really, you know. And, and to to build your brand in somewhere like this is, and I keep I keep bringing it back to the whole thing of America and like they talk about the American dream, and I I fully believe it, you know it's there, and it's like I like I said, the hard work is rewarded. So there was nowhere else I'd rather be. I had a I had a stint. I was I, I technically sent out on loan to because I you know playing for the Eagles is everything. Is everything to me, like, and I'm and I'm so grateful to have that opportunity. But like, that's the pinnacle, and that's where you want to be playing, you know. Especially for me now in this country, so uh, I had to be playing in the MLR. So I was able to get, I was lucky enough to get an opportunity with the Glendale Raptors, who are now unfortunately defunct. 
and uh, they're not an organisation really anymore. Now they're out of the they're they're out of the league, but uh, we were the top team in the country and just missed out in the final. You know, at the time, and I made such great mates and to get that opportunity to go out there and live in and live in another city like like Denver, Colorado is just is it's definitely a beautiful part of the world. You know, and uh, so that that was great and that was put me in the shop window again. Like and then sure I was performing, I performed well and again got got a X amount of caps on top of it because of it. And how did that move was say to to Denver come about? Was that like was that before Rooney kinda of really kicked off or Well it was but there was that opportunity but I, I I firmly wanted to be a part of the, the exhibition season with Rooney first and foremost. You know, I, I I knew I knew I knew New York was where I wanted to be. So you know I was lucky enough I was able to lead that that campaign and we were undefeated and uh you know, it was definitely exciting and a special time, you know. And then I had to go, like I said, to, to be playing in the top league, to put myself in every opportunity to be, you know, getting that, that spot on the, on the Eagles. I had to go and be playing in the, in the best competition in the country. So that's why, that's why it came about. And, and I was lucky to get the opportunity with Glendale. And just, just I, I, was, I was actually watching a, a YouTube documentary on... A, Ben Foden and I was I was amazed by the say the the trip to training. It's he'd be getting buses and all that. Or was that only for the cameras at that at that time? I wish it was. No, uh, uh, New York, especially with rugby, you know, it's not the NBA, it's not the NFL. There's not buckets of money here, you know. Yet, uh, I, I I do firmly believe there will be down the line, but uh, for the moment, no, you'd be. Uh, as I say, it's not for the faint heart, you know, you really have to dig in, you've got the slog, you know, I, I this year was my easiest commute, you know, because I just got, I, I got a car this year and I was able to drive the train and which was 40 minutes away on Staten Island. So still a 40 minute drive from wherever I was. But before that, you'd be getting buses and trains, whatever, to different parts of the of the city, whichever we, whichever field we had to deal with at the time. So if I was going to New York to New York Go Blue, it would take me either an hour and a half to two hours depending on the trains. And if I was going up going over to Randall's Island, it'd be the exact same. So it was you know, you're doing two hours there and two hours back. So and and again, when you're starting in November and 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 it get trust me, it gets bloody cold over here. So uh, you're training in the snow and all that sort of stuff. You know, it hardens you and you really you really do appreciate the good days when they come around. And are you based in in Saturn Island now, going forward, or at, at the moment we are. The, things are all up in the air at the moment, obviously with the pandemic. So mm-hmm. uh, we're keeping our options open. But uh, again, we were lucky to get you know we, we worked hard for it, so we got the opportunity to work in a college, and uh, you know, and make it our professional environment that we needed it to be. And you know, coming into a new club, I say you know, like for joining Leinster and Munster, there is a culture, there is a history there. Coming into to Rooney, how are you going about develop, developing a team culture, positive team culture? Well, you just, I mean, certainly like, it's exciting, isn't it? So I'm, I'm one of the, one of the people that has an opportunity of molding this, you know, to make it you know, what it is, and uh, you don't get that too often. So to be able to make that, and to be, so then you just surround yourself with the right people. You know, and that's definitely something that I, I say Rooney have done. You know, like well, we've got some phenomenal people, and yeah, we're like we all we all have our ups and our downs, and we all got different things about us. But you know, we're all there for the common goal, and it's really we have developed a good team culture because it's it's something like we say like concrete is our is our word. Like you know, we come from that concrete jungle. You know, we're we are that we are that team that have probably have the chip on the shoulder because we don't have things too easy. You know, so. Uh, you kind of have to have that bit of edge to you, and it definitely develops it. But it's like I said, if we can, if we can make it what we believe it can be, to make New York on uh, you know the number one team in the country, sure, the sky's the limit, really. You know, the the city definitely rewards it rewards hard work, and it'll put you on the map. Let's put it like that. Perfect, and. How difficult is it, you know, we're competing against different sports. Um, how difficult is it to get, you know, the community on board? Obviously, it's a massive city, but trying to get people on board with the with the whole idea, the whole project. 
Well, if, geez, if you know, you should let me know because at the moment we're not having. It's not. Uh, it's not as. It's not where we want it to be, to be honest. So that's why we're looking at different avenues and making it as easy for support to come to see us. You know, uh, it's definitely true. Uh, proving the toughest challenge right now is to get to get out there and get the exposure. So that's why you know, these lads, we're going out to all these clubs to give back you know we're coaching I'm coach, I'm still coaching two teams in, in the city you know on top of playing just to get out there and put bums in seats sort of thing you know and you know you, you're also building your brand you're, you're you're out there you're wherever you go you're wearing your Rooney kiss and somebody asks you about it you're selling it you know it's it's whatever it is I'm, if I'm on the subway if I'm on the bus I'm walking through Manhattan or whatever it is I'm I'm, I'm proudly wearing that crest you know on my chest and it's like you know, it's a lot, a lot of self-promotion, but it's, it, you know, I, like I said, it will, please God, it'll be rewarding in the end. Let's be honest, it is rewarding because I'm enjoying every moment of it. Very good, very good. And uh, look, as a team, like, like, would you do any team building activities, any trips, any socialising together? Like, I suppose, you know, you have lads coming from different backgrounds. Like, would you go away for a weekend or would you go away for a few days or, or what? stuff would you do just to kind of keep those that team dynamic or to improve that team dynamic so, so you know, I obviously know that's a massive part of your life yeah and I the way the way I put it is you're not just going down the road here for a game you know every time you're getting you've got a game you're either getting in a bus for four to ten hours or you're getting on a plane so even that in itself it brings you closer together because You've got nothing but time with each other, you know. So, it, uh, and we definitely, we definitely train. We definitely work hard, but we definitely, when when the time is right, we give it socks together and we have a great time, you know. So, uh, to do weeks away and stuff like that, I know that it's in the plans. Maybe this year in the in the preseason to get a, you know, a bit of warm weather somewhere, you know, uh, which is massive because like just getting away with the lads and and, and, and you know for that common goal. There's nothing like it. There really isn't, you know. So I understand completely that it's definitely massive, massively important for us. Uh, but like I said, we're we're unlucky and lucky that it's flights and and bus long bus journeys. But again, it does bring you closer together, and you, you really get to learn about your your teammates, you know. And you, we we kind of touched on already just about the the commute, but um, and the facilities. Obviously, look, it it's a work in progress, but. You know, when you left Ireland, you're leaving that aside. But you left with the common goal of look, facilities might be the exact same, the commute might be a bit different. Um, what would you say to to other people that maybe might be in a similar position in Ireland that look, my chance to play with Leinster, Ulster, Connacht is gone? Um, would you encourage the the US route? I one hundred percent. One hundred percent. You know, I owe so much to to the country. And my wife now is, and my wife's American. My kids, please God, will be American. You know, it's just the way it is. You know, but they'll they'll one hundred percent know their Irish roots. You know, if I'm sending them over to spend summers in Ireland, you know, whatever it needs to be, uh, it needs to be. But I encourage anybody to take that step to do what they need to do to make them feel good. And if they if they believe strong enough for something, I believe you'll fully get it done. You know. Uh, I knew that I had to work hard and get and and I, and, I, and I will consistently and I will continue to work hard. Yeah, it's never going to be easy here, but I, it's like I said before, it'll give it'll give you back tenfold. Uh, just take that leap and believe in yourself. If you believe you have you that self belief, you can do it, man. You know so, uh, and that comes down to like I, something I might have had in the, I had about me growing up, but. It was definitely moulded through the people I had, the influence I had in my life. One thing I, I you know, we've crossed paths with a, a lot of rugby guys over the years. One thing that does really, I suppose that that I am really amazed with is that how good they are at time management. Did you notice? I suppose that was probably always bedded into at a young age because you had to balance training and 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 training training and uh, schoolwork. How did you find that when you moved to the US? You probably had to be more strict with it, or what little things do you do to improve time management? 
I, I suppose you're sitting there on Sunday and you're bapping your week out, you know. But I, you know, again, I went into a college system and the college systems are phenomenal over here. Isn't like there's it, it's all set out for you, you know. But for yourself, is like when do you time your meals? This is all how you become a pro. It's the one percent. Like it's like when you time your meals, when you time your training, how much sleep are you getting during the week? How much water are you getting into you? You know, are you taking the right amount of vitamins? So you're doing everything you need to do. Like, there's nobody else is going to care as much as you do. There's nobody there going to be doing it for you. So you have to be able to learn this stuff. And I, like I said, I, I used my college education to better myself along with trying to help others as well. You know, so that was what it, I suppose to be and to get where I needed to be. I had to be the ultimate pro. You know, don't get me wrong. Like this night. I have great times, you know, I've had some great nights and I'm not perfect, you know, and I've got a great bunch of mates and we do, I do like a beer here and there, but, you know, you've just got to know when to rein it in and you know that like once Monday morning comes or, you know, the next morning, even after it, you're just, you're back on the horse and the wolves are always at the door. They're always there. You're always, so I've got to make sure I'm always one step ahead of them. I suppose it's definitely about respecting your goal and giving yourself the best best chance at achieving it, whatever it is. Um, right, so you moved across to America, started progressing through with Life University. When did the call up to the Eagles come? And the Eagles are the, the international team for the for the US. Yeah, USA rugby team. So um, I became eligible. eligible and so I arrived in the States on September 1st, 2014. Myself and one of my best mates, the, the scrum half for Rooney this year, we both did the, we did everything together, really. Uh, Marcus Walsh, uh, another rock man, he came over with me. The two of us, we got the, I got the opportunity at Life. And we did our three years together, going, going through from Life University and then again, and then back to New York playing for Rooney, you know. So it's pretty special to have him there along with me. Uh, and when we that that fall came about and the the squad was announced and I you know I thought I'd done everything I could in the country to get that that call and it didn't come you know so I I had to scramble I was like I was coaching here and there I actually was down working for Adivis and I was down in Philadelphia working a, a camp you know to you know to, you know I was I was working so I had to get down I was down to Philly doing a camp. And next thing, there was an injury. Injury, injury happens. Uh, the Eagles were in Germany at the time. There was an injury happening in the game, and they were on their way to to Belize, Georgia. And I got the call on the Saturday night. We just finished coaching, and uh, can you be here tomorrow? Sort of thing. So I had to get the the. I was a hundred percent because I had to get the train from Billy Sam Track, which is like the speed train you know it cost me a hundred a hundred dollars something at the time you know and i'm stony broke <laughs> tell the missus i'm going you know uh the next thing i had to fly from jfk to jfk to to amsterdam amsterdam to to qatar and qatar to tbilisi you know so uh it's funny i was uh i was i was, I was on the the plane and sammy manoa you know, the legend uh, was on the plane as well. And he obviously didn't know me for boo. He was a pro playing for Toulon at the time. And uh, I'm down in the back. Sam was sitting up in first class. So I'm down in the back with a load of the Georgians having the crack stuck between these two beasts, you know. And I thought I was big at the time. Like, these lads are massive. And, uh, oh, man, and that was a that was a bleak enough trip from Qatar to Tbilisi. But we arrived anyway. We arrived at the airport. And, <laughs> and Sam, we thought I was his driver. You know, not his teammates arriving to play with them. You know, so I'm sure it was it was a great story. And then, you know, Sammy and I got we got very close over our time then with the Eagles. But just arriving and being a part of that whole week. Now, unfortunately, I did, yeah, I didn't get to play that game. But my old man flew out. You know, with my uncles, my two uncles and my old man's missus, and they all flew out for the game. And and they spent 24 hours in in Georgia and had the best crack ever. You know. And, and unfortunately, I didn't. But like my my time came then in the in the spring, and I got my opportunity then. You know, and then from there, I've never looked. I've never looked back. I suppose. What What age were you when you got that, that call up? Uh, yeah, so twenty seven, twenty seven when I got the call. Yeah. 
And just just for people that that won't be aware, um, you know, you're obviously Ireland are, you know, they be the top tier rugby, and in uh, the US, they play against like Germany and what 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 competition would they play in? I know they'd be you know November internationals and all that. Yeah, so we've got our America Rugby Championship over here, which is our, which is the America Six Nations. You know, so you play that traditionally. That's been held, that was held in the spring, but now it's been moved to no, to November. You know, to, to cater. Listen, the whole um, the whole uh, setup with World Rugby right now is all up in the air, and you know we're trying to make it a global. It, well, it's trying to be made a, clo- a global league and sort of stuff. So we're just trying to see where we fit in because we don't want to miss out on playing those tier one games. You know, because how else are we going to get better? But, but by pipping ourselves against the best. You know, so at the moment. We're trying to work all that out, and, I, and I'm lucky enough to be privy to those conversations because I'm on the board for the the players' association, so USRPA, and uh, we're you know, and then you you so traditionally you play that in the spring, you play against uh, Chile, uh, Argentina's second team, uh, Uruguay, Brazil, um, and Canada, right? So you get five out, or four out of five are test matches, which is massive. You know, and then you obviously you're playing against Argentina's second team who are, who are quality as well, you know, especially now with the Jaguars. Unfortunately, they're gone now. But listen, it, it's, it's phenomenal games to play in. And then you got your summer internationals. Traditionally, you play your three games in the summer uh, and then you can play against whoever, you know. So the, the year we beat Scotland, uh, we played Scotland and we played Canada and we played, uh, I can't remember who we played uh, in between, or Romania in between that. And... Uh, and then you go on and play your another three in November. So that's really how the schedule used to work. But it's all kind of changing now, uh, going forward. But we're sure, hopefully, we don't miss out on those games, and we can always play some more tier ones and have those great days out again. I suppose this this uh, this leads into the next question. What is the outlook going forward, um, rugby wise in in the US as a result of the pandemic? I know there's so much uncertainty, but what's the latest news in, in that area like is there going to be an MLR season in, in January or has that been decided yet? Well the MLR season is definitely going well at the moment is going ahead in January yeah whether we have crowds or not you know uh, it's up so, you know that's to be determined but uh, like, like I said so there's hopefully please God there's a, uh, some club rugby in the fall so we can all go back and play for our clubs uh, I'll be back playing for New York Old Blue if and then if, if the internationals go ahead, then please God, I'm with the Eagles and we're we're kicking on there, you know. But if at the moment everything's on, everything's going, but that will all always determine on if this spikes again. And just to, to before we wrap it up, um, how how do you deal with setbacks? Look, life is full of setbacks. How do you deal with setbacks? Um, because look, from talking to you, you're you seem to be very, very optimistic. And again, one thing like I, I mentioned to you off air that you're very grateful for what you have. But sure, I suppose they're potholes or bumps in the road. You know, I, I'm going to consistently have them. We're always, going, we're always going to have them. It's just how you deal with them. Don't get me wrong. I, I've had my head in my hands, you know, being like, you know, what am I going to do next? You know, I've had those moments 100%. But I've just... I just bring it back to, you know, perspective, try to bring it back to perspective and say, like, you know, really how lucky I am. And I set goals for myself, yeah, always, you know, long-term, short-term, just, I look at everything as a competition as well, you know, I, I suppose, you know, when you get the one-ups here and there, you know, you, you love it. But it, it really comes down to the, 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 the influences I've had in my life, you know, my parents and my, you know, my family have been unbelievable. I'm very lucky to have a, phenomenally supportive missus <clears throat> and her family are phenomenal as well they love it so and like I said it's from the coaches whether it be in St. Martin's growing up or Grayson's RFC or whatever it was playing soccer or anything the, the people a part of all that helped mold me into this into the person I am today and you know I, like I said I'm, I'm truly grateful what does the future hold for you after after rugby? Will there be a return to Ireland or are you in the US now with God's help for the foreseeable future? Um, I, I, I believe, like, like, like I said said throughout the podcast, I believe the opportunities are here for me. You know, uh, so 
listen, I want everything. I want everything. And I want to just, I, I want to keep giving back, giving my family every opportunity as well. So uh, to have the base at home and to have a base here will be, will be the goal and to succeed and, and do whatever I can to give my family every opportunity and every opportunity that I was lucky enough to have, you know, so I want that and more. So, uh, I'm excited for what the future holds, but I know I've got my goals now. And, you know, to be honest, to be honest right now, it's to, to be the best in the country, to continue to play for the Eagles to, and to win the MLR with Rooney, you know, that really is it. And, you know, for the, definitely for the next two years. And then after that, you know, the back of my mind is the next World Cup. And please God, I can keep going with God's help, as you said, to keep to get it done, you know. So I believe I can get it done. Let's just uh, let's just watch this space. Perfect. Look, on that note, we'll we'll end it there. Look, Dylan, thanks a million for taking time out and coming on inside your podcast. No, absolutely, Jamie. Anytime and best luck with everything going. I hope you all enjoyed that interview with Dylan. His story is very, very encouraging and uplifting. Look, Dylan really does epitomise how hard work and steel focus can make the American dream a reality. He started with Greystones in Ireland and is now playing professional rugby and captaining the Rooney franchise in the Big Apple. He is also representing his adopted country, the Eagles, USA. How did he get there? An unrelenting drive, grit and determination to succeed. As he said, it's not for the faint-hearted, but the rewards are there if put in the hard work and the time. Dylan's journey is truly inspirational and should give any player encouragement to push on in their careers regardless of setbacks. If you want to make it, you will find a few different alleyways. Explore them and you will get there. That is all from us on this week's podcast. Please do get in contact with the show. If you have any stories from being part of a team, whether it's a sports team or a corporate team, please do let us know. Don't worry, everything will be kept confidential. Don't forget to rate, review and tell your friends, family, just share it with whoever you, you, you might know. Um, and go follow us on our social media channels to be kept up to date with what we're doing uh, here at On The Ball Team Building. You'll find us on Instagram at underscore on the ball team building over on Facebook on the ball team building and on Twitter you'll find us at we are on the ball too. That is the digit two. Have a lovely week and be sure to tune in next week when we have another exciting guest on. Till then, please do stay safe and remember cred in its fame. Talk to you all soon.